Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to a fresh new season of the Faith and Good Counsel Show. In fact, it's the spring season, and I'm so excited to be with you once again when the air is crisp and getting warmer and the sky is blue and the flowers are blooming. It just makes my heart so happy. Thank you, thank you so much for always listening. My faithful listenership, I'm hearing from you on my website and on my Facebook page. Please do connect with me. Any new listeners out there, I love to hear from you as well as my faithful golden listeners. Connect with me at my website, stacygalino.com, as well as on my Facebook page and on Twitter. And do check out, you know, you can check out the, the um, past episodes of Faith and Good Counsel, uh, the radio show, as well as my new voice and vessel podcast. That's also posted up on iTunes and Stitcher as well. So if you want to subscribe there, you can do that and listen to that while you're in your car working out. That would be awesome. And I want to invite you, too, to subscribe to my website, stacygalino.com, and that way I can send you an email automatically when there's a new Faith and Good Counsel archive episode up there for you to listen to, as well as a podcast episode or a blog post. Well, today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, having to do with beauty. You know that I love to talk about beauty. And in fact, the topic is how God pursues us through the beauty of nature and creation. And we're talking today about that topic with Father John Bartunek. He is the author of a new four-part series. The first book is out. The second one is coming out shortly. The first one that we'll be speaking about today is called Spring Meditations. Let me tell you a little bit about Father John Bartunek. He is a convert to the Catholic Church, like me. I'm a convert as well. I love that we have that in common. Father John was ordained a Catholic priest in 2003, and um, he earned a doctorate in moral theology in 2010. And in fact, he is going to be joining us from Rome, where he is a professor at the Pontifical, here we go, I love to say this, the Pontifical Athenium Regina Apostolorum. Father will have to tell me if I did a good job on that. He is also a spiritual director as well as an author of several books, The Better Part and Inside the Passion. I'm particularly excited about that book. I learned about that when he did an interview with Marcus Grodi on the journey home, and he really takes us deeply into the passion of Christ. But we're today speaking about spring and his new book, that four-part series, book number one, Spring Meditations, and that, that follows the natural seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. What better way to start off our spring season of Faith and Good Counsel with none other than Father John Bartunek. Welcome to the show, Father. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you for also joining us from Rome. My heart is there, Father. My heart is there with you in Rome. It's just a glory. Is it glorious in Rome in springtime? Oh, yeah. The spring is very, uh, I mean, that's why so many Italian artists are, are so great, right? Because nature is oh. especially beautiful here in, in Italy. Italy is just full of natural gems. So Absolutely. it's a great place to be during the springtime. Absolutely. Well, Father, I've, I've been listening to some of your work and, and trying to get ready to, uh, to speak with you during our time together. And it seems that you and I both share this love of beauty. And I'm, I'm delving to that even more deeply, just the wonder of it all. And I love your brand new book, Spring Meditations. And in fact, I want to tell my listeners that the first person 
to subscribe to my website and send me a little note at askstacy.com saying, I want Father John Bartunek's book, Spring Meditations. I'll send it to you because your publisher was kind enough to send me an extra copy. So thank you so much for that. But I, I wanted to ask you first, the word meditation brings up a lot of different meanings in our modern culture. And you have a very specific meaning, um, which in, on, in its own is very wide and broad and beautiful because God created it. After all, he offers it to us. What do you mean by meditation? And how does, can you kind of tie it into our busyness of our modern culture and how we're on that hamster wheel? Why is it so important for us to step off of that hamster wheel and to meditate on our creation and nature and beauty? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, when meditation, as you say, can be used, the word can be used in so many different ways. The way that I, I try to use it in this book, uh, in this series, really, starting with spring meditations, is a very simple way. Meditation meaning spending time reflecting calmly but deeply on the, the true things, the important things, the things that last. Uh, so that's kind of how I'm using the term meditation. It's not some kind of esoteric uh, methodology, like transcendent, transcendental meditation or something like that. Uh, no, it's simply spending time really, in a sense, listening to the lessons that reality, the reality created by God, um, is there trying to teach us. So slowing down and listening, allowing the truth, the beauty, uh, the reality that, that God has created to, to, to teach us what it has to teach us. Really, it's that simple. It's that simple, y'all, really. But the slowing down part, though, Father, is not easy. And I would also say to you, possibly, knowing what the true things are. So I, I love that you made both of those points. And I would say that, you know, in my conversations with people that, and even in my own life, I'm, I'm learning. But it can be so hard to pull away from our busyness and our distractions. And in fact, we kind of mistrust that in our sort of individualistic Western culture here. I love, in fact, I bet you're familiar with this quote. It's from Joseph Pieper, that awesome Christian philosopher. He says, quote, man seems to mistrust everything that is effortless. He can only enjoy what he has acquired with toil and trouble. He refuses to have anything as a gift. And in fact, God gave us the gift of the seasons and nature, all of nature for us to, to meditate upon and to contemplate with. But you make a point in your book, Spring Meditations, that as much as we talk about the environment all of the time in our culture, we're way out of sync with nature, aren't we? Yeah, that's, that's the real, that's the core insight, which is behind the whole series. Now, the idea is and I, I think, you know, I love that quote that you, that you uh, mentioned from Joseph Pieper, but the, the concept is that I think, you know, in modern times, we've, we've, we've discovered a lot of the potential that's in creation, God's creation. And as a result, we've had a technological revolution, industrial revolution. We've learned to master a lot of the laws of physics. We've learned to make things. Um, we've learned to impact. We've learned to create things. And, and in a certain sense... Uh, you know, there's something very good about that. Uh, but on the other hand, it has a tendency, or it has had a tendency, I say, in recent decades, uh, especially in America, uh, to lead us to kind of forget that we are actually not machines. Human beings are not machines. We are we're living beings, and we were created to live in this world. 
not in a world uh, that's primarily made up of machines and tools, but a world that's full of life and mystery and rhythms and natural seasons. Uh, and so uh, if we get too far away from those rhythms of the, of the natural world in which we were created to live by God, then we're going to also be moving away from our, our true selves, our true identity. And so then we start looking more and more desperately uh, for something, for some quick fix that can get us back to our true identity. Uh, and so you kind of get this vicious circle where, where we, we distance ourselves from the natural rhythms of living in this created world with our fascination with technology, almost being seduced by, uh, by, by the things that we make ourselves. And then that, that creates a certain interior anxiety, and we try to resolve that anxiety with more things, yes. with, more, with more technology. So I think, you know, kind of getting back to the rhythm and getting back to understanding that we're created to live in this world and, and the world itself as God created has, has lessons to teach us. That's the core insight of this series. You, were, you went right where my mind was going, Father, as a, <laughs> in my uh, mental health training. Um, I really think that the anxiety component and, pr- frankly, the depressive component has much to do with, um, at least in part, Father, our getting out of sync with our true creation. And you mentioned, you know, we're not machines. Well, none of us, we know way down deeply that we don't like to be used. That's because that's not how God created us. He created us for love. And um, I just think that your book, Spring Meditations, is a very simple, simple way that people in, what is it, 140 pages or so, can can come back to the wonder and begin to reassimilate into ourselves who we are truly created to be and get back in sync with nature and creation and the beauty and the beauty therein. I love, Father, the way that you have set this four-part series up, and I'm specifically looking at spring meditations. Within this book, there are 12 parts, 12 weekly meditations that cover the spring season. And each week focuses on a particular spiritual value. And I'm just wondering how you came to connect your love of beauty and creation and the natural seasons. How did you tie that all in together? Well, it's been it's been part of my own uh, personal journey, my own journey to, to to get to know God better as a priest, and then even before when I was discerning my vocation, uh, and I had a desire, God planted a desire in my heart to to know Him better, and and so I was always kind of looking, right? So I would I did a lot of reading and studying and studying of the scriptures as well, but also uh, the beauties of nature somehow they they've spoken to me since I was very young. I don't know, maybe it's my my dad loved nature. He would always he would relax by working in the yard, you know, so he kind of maybe he passed that on. But in any case, the kind of spending time in nature and, and finding um in the beauties of nature and the realities of the created world, uh, you know, God's God's revelation in a sense. I love the way that Saint John Paul II uh described God's creation. He said it was the it's the first book of revelation. Ooh. You know, we have the the Bibles the Bible, which is God's, God's Word revealing His plan of salvation. But that's the second one. The first one was creation itself. God, as a, as a loving Father, creates the world, and everything in the world kind of bear, is a reflection of Him in a certain sense, is a reflection of some aspect of Him, just like an artist kind of puts himself into his painting or his sculpture. And so you can recognize paintings by a certain artist because it reflects that artist's view of the world. Well, the world, the universe is really God's work of art. And so he's, 
he, he wants us to discover, uh, as we contemplate, interact with the world around us, he wants us to discover uh, the truths that he's placed there. He wants to communicate to us through them. And that's, all I, that's been part of my own spiritual journey. So when I sat down to start writing these books, uh, it really kind of it felt like it flowed. It just flowed from my own life of prayer, from the own experience, the experiences that, that he's been given me, given me through the years. Wow. Well, I'm so grateful, Father, that you've taken us into that, that, that connection that you've made into that beauty in your new book, Spring Meditations, by Father John Bartunek. And when we come back from our break, we are going to take a little tour in more deeply into the book and perhaps maybe speak a little more closely, a little more intimately about beauty, about love and responsibility. We'll be right back. Theology teacher and 2015 Notre Dame Seminary graduate, Jordan Haddad. Completing a master's degree in theology at Notre Dame Seminary has been invaluable in my journey as an aspiring scholar and Catholic theologian. Notre Dame offers first-rate professors that have a sincere love for Jesus Christ and His Church and are also distinguished scholars. It was the perfect place for me to engage in better understanding the truth of God's revelation while answering the call to consecrate the world in spirit and truth. I was able to see the harmony of faith and reason in a way that has made me a better teacher, improved my life of prayer, and even helped me and my wife Shannon to prepare for the sacrament of marriage. Notre Dame Seminary offers convenient schedules and affordable degree programs for deacons, religious, catechists, lay ministers, and all who seek to grow in faith and service, serving students from Lake Charles to the Alabama Gulf Coast. For more information, email newevangelization at nds.edu. Notre Dame Seminary, for priests, for the faithful, for the world. It's a brand new day here on the Faith and Good Council Show. It's our brand new spring season of 2016. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Stacy Galino, your host, and I'm speaking today with Father John Bortunek with his brand new book, the first in a four-part series, Spring Meditations. And Father John, you made a point um, before we went to break. I, I love it. Nature is speaking to us. I mean, are we listening? That's the, that's the question of the day for me. Are we listening? And how well are we listening? Well, thank you for being with me, Father John. It's great to be here. Good to talk about these things. It is. It's just glorious. It's glorious. I want to delve a little more deeply into the actual book. And as I mentioned earlier, it's divided into 12 weeks. And you give a reflection at the beginning. Uh, for example, we're going to delve into Chapter 7 on responsibility. Um, and you start speaking about responsibility. And then you give a set of questions in the back that give us a moment to pause, a moment to take maybe before the Lord in adoration, perhaps to journal with, um, which is something that I love that you can you can contemplate and meditate upon these things all week long um, until the next meditation for the next week in spring. So I love that even the order there's an order to your book, just like there's an order in nature. And I think that is just a great, a great gift. So I love, for example, chapter seven, responsibility. You begin by speaking about something dear to my heart farmers and how spring is a planting season and farmers have a responsibility to act fast once spring breaks and there's all of these preparations they have to watch the weather and identify this these narrow windows where to plant their crops 
it's not just for their own family, but for all of us, you know? So there's a huge uh, responsibility placed upon farmers, um, and they need to be responsible in order to be fruitful. But as we mentioned before the break, we're kind of out of sync with our nature. And in fact, we can choose to rebel against nature. So can you take us through that chapter seven and, and our call to responsibility and our sinking truthfully, faithfully with nature? Yeah, you know, um, before we go into the responsibility, I want to circle back to something you mentioned about the structure of each of the chapters in the book, um, because I think it ties in with, with what we were saying before the break about the how it's hard sometimes for us to slow down and, and to kind of quiet quiet ourselves enough to be able to hear, to be able to hear the deeper truths, because there's so much noise and there's so much superficial activity that it's hard for us. So one of the one of the ways I hope that this book can help people do that is, you know, there's a description of the spiritual value. There's a, I share a personal anecdote in each chapter, because I think we can all learn from, from our, our daily life. God speaks through that as well. Uh, and then at the end of each chapter, there are some, some things that you can do, like almost little spiritual exercises, uh, in order to help the, the, the value or the lesson or the observation that's contained in the chapter to help it sink deeper into your heart during the week. So that's the idea. It's an idea this book can accompany you and help you find the time and find the way to slow down and listen. Uh, and specifically about this chapter, chapter 7, which, uh, where the, the spiritual value that I speak about is responsibility. Yeah, you know, it, it's not a farmer, if, he, if he's lazy or careless uh, in springtime, then the rest of the growing season is affected, and then the harvest is affected. So it has, it has repercussions. And so we have, he has to be responsible. He or she has to be responsible. Likewise, each one of us in our lives, if we're lazy and irresponsible or careless about the duties that, that are part of our lives, it's going to have repercussions. It's going to affect other people, ourselves, our relationships. It's going to you know, have negative effects down the road. And so, you know, a lot of times we, 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 don't, we don't think in those terms, or we can forget. We can forget. Um, I, one of the examples I use is, you know, think about uh, a couch potato dad, you know, who really is, uh, kind of forgets or kind of lets, lets, himself, lets himself go and neglects his duties. Or um, I call, I think, like a country clubber, you know, a, a lady who spends all her time at the country club and neglects her, the duties having to do with her children, with her husband. In that sense, and I know this might sound a little countercultural, but I think, and, and I talk about this in, in Chapter 7, that our duties, the duties that we have as human beings living in this world, called to make a difference, called to be responsible, our duties are the first arena where we show our love, where we exercise our love. Um, and, and, and sometimes our duties aren't real exciting, necessarily. Uh, and, and yet, if we live them with love, if we see in the duties of my life, my relationships, and my responsibilities, if I put myself into them the way that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph must have done in Nazareth, then I will discover the meaning that they can help give to me, and then by living those duties faithfully, I can grow in love, and I can bring love into the world, and I can mature spiritually. That's the concept, at least as I understand it, of responsibility. Absolutely. And also in this chapter, I love that you give us a window into understanding, which I think is a, a misconception in our society today. It's getting more muddled. The difference between human beings and our beloved animals and our an animals that we love, whether they're, you know, cows, chickens, horses or ants, they behave instinctually. But as human beings, we have 
freedom. And I love this, this quote that you say, our human spirit is not limited to instinct. It includes freedom. And down below, when we rebel, you say, we can rebel against our nature, silencing the voice of conscience and disobeying the laws given to our nature in order to guide us to fulfillment. This rebellion is called sin, and it's not good for us when we act against our nature. Right, Father? No, absolutely not. And and it's interesting that you kind of copped onto that particular section. Um, the idea is that, and this ties in with creation, that we as human beings, what's the first commandment we receive? God said, you know, go, go and um, go into the world, uh, dominate the world, be fruitful, multiply, tend the garden, cultivate the garden, go and do and go be co-creators with me. Enjoy my creation, but also contribute to it, discover it, build things. Uh, use your freedom in a creative way. So part of our our nature, we're called, we're meant to actually make a difference, right? To to invest, to to exercise our freedom in such a way that we actually enhance the beauty of the world, enhance the creation that God puts into our hands. That's what tradition, you know, traditional spirituality calls being a good steward. Uh, and and that's since that's what we're created for. That's also where we will find the meaning and fulfillment that we long for. It's an expression of love, uh, obeying that command, obeying that kind of impulse. But we're not, we're, you know, he won't force us to. You know, a squirrel right. can't be anything but a squirrel. It just, it is, it, it does squirrel stuff, and it's, squirrelness is not, there's no choice there. But as human beings, with this great gift of freedom that we have, uh, we, can, we can choose to, to avoid our responsibilities. We can choose not to, not to, to exercise that, that creativity in a positive way. Uh, and that will lead us to something we're tempted to do that, but that that lead us down the path of uh, a less meaningful life and eventually to frustration and discouragement uh, and to not experience the happiness and the fruitfulness that we're called to. I, I know in my own life, Father, the more that I've delved into beauty and allowed myself that gift, um, not realizing, you, you know, that I can actually step off the hamster wheel and God wants us to bathe in his beauty the less anxious, the less driven, you know, I am, and it's better than okay, I know I was made for that. So it's a, it's a loving balance between, I mean, a responsibility, if you will, both to work and to wonder and to ponder and to contemplate and to meditate. And I'm holding in my hand an awesome way for us to, uh, to do some Christian meditation by natural season, spring, summer, winter, fall, in Father John Bartunek's new four-part series, the first being spring meditations. And Father, one of my uh, second favorite chapter is on beauty. And I love that you, you quote um, St. Thomas Aquinas here, beauty is that which gives pleasure upon being seen. And then St. John Paul II, who described beauty as God's goodness made visible. I love that so, so much. I, I'm, I'm madly in love. Holy crush on St. John Paul II. Um, but you, you, wanted, you mentioned earlier that you have personal anecdotes throughout the book, and that is a, a lovely thing. And in fact, in this chapter, you speak about your, um, your uh, becoming a, a Catholic priest and a bit about your conversion story, which is accessible to people if they want to go to YouTube. I saw it myself when you spoke more in depth about that with um, Marcus Grodi on the journey home. But can you talk to us a little bit about how beauty actually brought you to be a Catholic priest? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I, uh, and I think, you know, this, this concept of beauty, as you just described it, 
so well. It's really the bridge between, um, or maybe the, the factor that helps us balance the sense of responsibility. We're called to, to do something, and we're called to, to, to make, a mark, make our mark in the world, so to speak. Um, but but uh, we're called to do so as an expression of love. So, and love is always a response, right? Yes. So we, 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 our love as human beings, as created beings, creatures, uh, our love is a response to the love we discover, that we are loved by God. And beauty is one of the ways that God tells us how much he loves us. He, the beautiful sunset is a gift. It's a gift. It's a sign. Who created this? Who created such beauty? Well, the one who created me and called me into life and wants me to exist and has gone before, you know, has sacrificed his son to redeem me from sin, who has prepared a place for me in heaven. The same God who, who's done all those things is the one who gives me the gift of the beautiful sunset or the cherry blossoms or, you know, the apple tree that's in blossom. Uh, these, these, are, these are actually gifts. And so if we listen, if we receive, those gifts, as you said, I love the concept of gifts, beauty is a gift. If we receive that, then we are moved then to respond to that gift. Uh, and that's really the core of who we are as human beings. And when we respond, it's a form of love. And, and the response is then, you know, to, to follow God, to follow His will, uh, to follow His inspirations. And that leads us to discover the mark we're supposed to make in our, in, in our world. And the, the anecdote that you mentioned in the chapter on beauty, I think that's chapter 11, um, I remember it was kind of a it's kind of a counterintuitive thing, but it was a summer uh, after um, let's see I graduated from college and then I took a job teaching high school, and I was in process of converting to the Catholic faith. I didn't grow up Catholic. As a matter of fact, I grew up with no religious formation at all. When I was a teenager, I had a born again experience and became a non denominational Christian. And then when I was when I was studying history in college, I began to discover the Catholic Church and began to really sounds corny, but it's true fall in love with it. So this summer, uh, I had already graduated, and I was kind of on the path of conversion, but I was having some difficulties, uh, both with the process of conversion and in my own spiritual life. And I spent that summer, I received a fellowship to work at a museum in Venice, Italy. And the museum arranged for us to, uh, to uh, where we would stay. And I was staying in a palazzo, that's kind of like a, you know, I guess the translation would be a palace, but uh, uh, the house I was staying was right on the Grand Canal in Venice, and my hostess was a, a countess, a 105-year-old countess. Wow. Uh, and and she, she had really lived a very full life, had been widowed four times. She'd helped start the Red Cross in Europe. Her father had been a, um, an ambassador to the Habsburg court in Vienna. She was from Serbia originally. Uh, so this, this amazing woman. And she's 105 years old. She was perfectly coherent and mentally present, and, but she looked 105 years old. You know, she didn't look like the springtime. Aww. And yet, as the summer progressed, I found myself wanting to spend more and more time with her in the palazzo, as opposed to going out with all the other fellows and our new Venetian friends. And I just felt I wanted to spend more time with her. And really, the, the analogy I draw in this chapter is that in a sense, as I got to know her, her inner beauty was for me like like a like a like a garden in springtime. It was so attractive and so inspiring because um, she really was a a very faith filled and beautiful woman, uh, and her her soul was full of wisdom. 
these and other things, my dear listeners, you can find out more about what Father John Bartunek is speaking about today in his brand new book, Spring Meditations, which you can obtain from Liguri Press as well as on where Amazon and all of the different uh, local Catholic bookstores. Thank you, Father John Bartunek, for being with us today. I'm so sorry to have to, to stop this glorious beauty that you're speaking today, but we are out of time. Would you send us off with a blessing, Father? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and make his face to shine upon you, and grant you peace now and forever. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, my dear listeners, and until next time, Pax Christia. Bye-bye. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio. 